Welcome okay. to the Sorry. Welcome to the JACCP podcast, Leaders in Clinical Pharmacy. My name is Jerry Bauman, and I'm the editor of the Journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. For the second such podcast, we are speaking today with Dr. Marie Chisholm Burns. Since the beginning of this year, Dr. Chisholm Burns is the Executive Vice President and Provost of the Oregon Health and Science University in Portland. Prior to that, she served as the Dean of the University of Tennessee College of Pharmacy. Marie is an accomplished and highly recognized clinical pharmacist, teacher, scholar, and academic administrator who has made seminal contributions in transplantation, medication access, and diversity and inclusion. Marie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jerry. Glad to be here. Well, let, let's start um, with, for the listeners. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about you personally, like where you grew up and uh, how you got into pharmacy in the first place. Well, yeah, thanks for the question, Jerry. So um, my accent is is a, a hodgepodge in many different places. I'm originally from Long Island, New York, but moved to the state of Georgia when I was in my late teens. Um, my parents were incredible parents. Um, they had a big influence on me. Um, neither one of my parents graduated from high school. Uh, their combined salaries never exceeded $20,000 a year, but they were great parents and they really instilled some wonderful values uh, into me and they provided a wonderful life uh, for, for me. And so uh, I, I contribute my success um, to them. Now, we lived in, a, in New York, um, like I said, on Long Island, and the high school graduation rate for the local high school wasn't very high. I don't think it is uh, now as, as well. I would say around 30%, but my parents were determined that not only was I going to graduate from high school, but I was going to graduate from college. So uh, I could still see both of my parents, their big smile when I graduated from Georgia College with my undergraduate degree. Well, while I was in college, I worked at a small healthcare facility outside of Atlanta. And this is how I got introduced to pharmacy. Uh, there was a pharmacist by the name of Ed uh, in this healthcare facility. And I just kind of shadow him. He seemed like an individual who knew a lot about a lot of different things. And I thought it was really cool that he knew how the drugs work and all of these uh, types of things. And he said, you know, Marie, if you get into pharmacy school, uh, I'll give you a job. And a few years later, I got into pharmacy school and Ed really uh, delivered. He got me a job at this uh, healthcare facility, again, right outside of, of Atlanta, Georgia. I uh, was the pharmacy technician and I learned the operations of uh, at least hospital pharmacy through Ed. So when they hired me on as a pharmacist, uh, I could go back there and make the IVs and fill the card and put in orders and run it to the floor. I was uh, doing um, just about everything. And so it was a very big, um, had a lot of influence on, on, on my career. So I'm dating myself here. I got a BS in pharmacy from the University of Georgia. This is when they had the tracking program. So I got a doctor of pharmacy degree as well. Uh, later, I went on to get my my MPH, MBA and PhD. So that's how I got interested in pharmacy school by working uh, in the registration office of a of a hospital and 
like many people, having a mentor uh, that helped me. Yeah, it's really interesting. So at some point in time, you decided you would pursue clinical pharmacy. And and I think I first met you when you were a young faculty member at the University of Georgia. How, How did you choose to go into clinical pharmacy and and I think your practice was in transplantation uh how how did how did those things happen sure so while I was in pharmacy school uh we had a dean his name was Stuart Feldman and he said boy Marie are you interested in academia and I told him I said yeah you know I think I might be interested in academia didn't know much about academia but Thought I would enjoy the teaching part, went on and did, did a residency. And he, just like Ed, kept in touch with me. And he said, Marie, why don't you come over here? This is during my residency. Uh, I guess it was around, I don't know, April, May, June, getting ready to wrap it up. And we have a position uh, open. It's going to be at the Medical College of Georgia. That's, that's in Augusta, Georgia. It's not in Athens. Now they call it uh, Augusta University. And I interviewed for the position, got the position, and I started out in internal med. But during my residency program, I got interested. I did my residency at Piedmont Hospital, and they have a transplant program there. And I kind of drifted over to transplantation. And there, I was fortunate enough to have a wonderful faculty surrounding me. Uh, Dr. Joe DePiro was there. And uh, he kind of got me interested in the academic bug and the scholarship bug. And the rest of it was really, really history. I, I used, I mean, even now my mind comes in, when I come in in the morning, my mind is thinking about five different projects that, you know, is scholarly in, in, in nature. And so that is sort of how that took off, just by being surrounded by great people and um, their influence on me. So I have to, really praise Dr. Stuart Feldman, as well as uh, Dr. Joe DePiro for sort of getting me into the, to the avenue of, um, of academia and, you know, being fairly successful in that, in that space. So you, you began your academic career then at, at the University of Georgia and, or the uh, Medical College of uh, Georgia and Augusta. And um, then you, then you decided at some point in time to uh, pursue academic administration. How did how did that come about? And and you progressed, I think, from department head to uh, dean, and now to provost. Uh, what made you interested in a career in academic administration? Right. So I'm going to give transplant a lot of credit for 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 that. So while I was in transplant, I noticed that many people didn't take their medication. So if you can imagine being on a waiting list for organ, let's say a kidney, you know, several years, and all of a sudden you get this new lease on life. And a year later, or two years later, you're coming into the transplant clinic and you're rejecting your organ. And, you know, it's a big thing about the matches and I get that. But what I found is a lot of people couldn't afford their medications. And this was something at the time that people weren't really focused in on. And these medications cost a lot of money. And even if you're just paying a copay, it's still a lot of money. So I was able to write grants about compliance for medications and get funded 
um, and different types of adherence to medications in the transplant population to get funded. And because of that, what I felt myself doing is actually moving further away from the clinical aspects of it into administrative aspects of transplantation. And I sort of liked that influence. I was, it was a multiplier at that point. It wasn't just Marie Chisholm directly with a patient. It was Marie Chisholm and the rest of the crew directly with a whole system. And I wrote about it, published about it, talked about it, um, and I was able to get more funding where this system sort of became a statewide system for some helping to increase access of medications to transplant patients. And so I was really administrative at, at that point. And so it was that taste of administration that really led to being a department head. I was a department head at the University of Arizona. And uh, I focused in a lot on what I knew, which was the clinical aspects, as well as the research aspects and building up the department in that direction. And I think that's what really led me, me seeing that influence, that multiplier, that I wanted to pursue that as a dean um, and now to pursue that as an executive vice president uh, and, and provost. And here at, at OHSU, Oregon Health and Science University, uh, it's sort of like the perfect marriage for me because it's, it's the intersection of healing we're the biggest uh, health system in the state um, and the only state health system, uh, in fact. So we have healing going on, we have teaching and the academics, and we have discovery. So it's it's the perfect, at least marriage for me, for the, the three things that I really value in, in, in my life, which is, which is healthcare, making people healthy and keeping them healthy, um, the learning and, and discovery of knowledge. Well, I think, you know, taking positions uh, such as you have, uh, particularly at the at the uh, higher education level of being a provost, I think, um, you know, helps all, all PharmDs. Um, it, it shows the visibility um, that we have and the talent that we possibly can have in academics. And so you should be congratulated on that. Now, uh, what do you, you know, along the way, what, what are you most proud of? What, um, as you look back on your career that you'd say, well, I'm, you know, that's, that's something that, that I've really, that I had an influence on that I'm most proud of. Yeah, I, I think I would be remiss if I don't mention my, my, my family, truly the, the best part of me, and I, and I know there's been a few times you met him. The best part of me is 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 my husband and and of course now my son. But I have to really give up a lot of praise and shout out for my husband because he has made sacrifices and he's put up with me and he had, has to listen to me when I'm um, not at my best. So I I will say that first. But as I look, at, if you're going to focus in on career things, I think the thing that I am the most proud of probably is the medication access program. So this is sort of the the program that I alluded to uh, that provides access to of medications to transplant recipients. We have helped over a thousand recipients receive well over a hundred million dollars worth of medications. And that all stemmed out. It, it's been truly a journey. 
it all stemmed out from clinical practice, noticing a problem, addressing the problem, and putting it in a situation where it could be a multiplier. Um, I see the effects of that. It actually saves lives. What we do influences people's lives. Um, I'm, I'm proud of my influence that I had with increasing diversity in academia, and I hope to continue that. But when you think about it, whether it's transplant patients, whether it's students, it's all about access to me, access and success. So getting people in, whether it's giving, getting their, their medications and making sure they're take it, taking it appropriately and monitoring it, or whether it's getting students in that uh, may have been in marginalized situations and then putting in programs to make them successful so they could graduate. It's all about access and success. So if I had to sum up my, my professional life, it really could be summed up in three words, access and success, whether it's education, whether it's um, healthcare, um, and whether it's uh, research and discovery. It's all about access and success. I think it's interesting, Marie, that you note that that you realized this problem of access during your clinical practice and that your scholarship evolved from your clinical practice. I'd say that was the case for myself, too. And I think for a lot of uh, clinical pharmacists, that's the way it works. So what about any uh, last advice for young pharmacists out there that are um, just starting their career? And maybe you want to pursue academics and maybe you want to pursue academic administration. Yeah, you know what I would have to say to anybody just starting out or anybody who's um, who's been in it for a long time, like 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 us, I think it's very important to find your why. You know, what's what gets you excited about things? Um, why are you doing this? Because um, once you find that why, it really puts a lot of energy inside of you. And because you know you're making a difference. So, you know, try to find your why. Uh, as I described, it's really been a story for me. It started out, like you said, addressing a clinical problem, which turned into a, a multiplier of looking at something from a large population in general writing about it, presenting about it. If you notice this problem, I guarantee you, it's not only in your organization or in your patient population, it's in everybody's. Uh, and then taking that to a, another level where you're helping, you know, again, not just your organization, but helping all organizations or many people as, as many people as you could touch. And so for me, academia was the, the perfect sweet spot and it's because people gave me the opportunity. They gave me access. I talked about Ed. I talked about Stuart Feldman. I talked about uh, Joe DePiro. And there's so many other names that I could uh, talk to you about. But in doing that, you have to enjoy the journey. And that's why that why is so important, finding your purpose. Um, you know, in a talk I gave not too long ago, I, I talked about Nil Nelson Mandela, and he talked about you know, don't play it small. Don't settle for a life uh, 
lesser than what you're capable of, of achieving. So finding your purpose, finding your why, and of course, enjoying the journey. You know, we, we need to, to take it in. We need to stop and smell the roses. Uh, we need to keep it moving now, but we have to enjoy the journey. So that would be my five minutes or less advice to, to people who are who are just starting the journey. Enjoy it. It goes That's, quickly. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's great advice. And I want to thank you again for uh, speaking with us today and for being uh, such a visible leader and role model uh, for many within our profession. Thanks, Marie. Well, 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 thank you, Jerry. And I want to thank you for all that you have done for the profession. It certainly um, is significant and it doesn't go unnoticed in all the doors that you have opened up for individuals. So, so thank you.